who spent a long and heard first from a Buddhist monk at the Amavarati Monastery, who then was a foreigner. We had a morning puja, a morning chanting session, and after that, all the monks and nuns from different traditions just took the opportunity just to walk around quietly in the field outside in this monastery, and it could have been at any monastery in any country of the world. Silence is the common ground within the contemplative traditions. Benedictine nun Sister Lucy Bryden of Turvey Abbey may not share the faith of the Sufi or Hindu delegate, but says that in silence she feels at one with them. We find that all is one and all is different, that, that we're on the same spiritual journey, although our language, which is the face value level, often separates us. Whereas on a deeper level, in silence and praying together, we, we are aware that we're on the same journey. The monastic tradition, says meditation teacher and retreat leader Christopher Titmus, is therefore of great significance in interfaith dialogue. If we put aside some of our traditional concepts of religion, the books, the gurus, and even the concept of God, actually we find very easily a very common ground of experience and insight. But is it really that easy to put away the, the theological baggage, if I can call it that, mm. of the different faiths? Because, for instance, even this morning, a Jain nun came into some conflict with the Benedictine, saying, well, you, you, you can't have God. You're starting from the wrong standpoint. So can you really get away from that theological um, one, one, one can't get away from it completely. We have to acknowledge the sheer diversity of those kind of views. But the question which must arise for all, including the Jain and the Benedictine, is can every view that we enunciate in some way or other be held in a profound contemplative silence? And that it's the depth of silence and what is revealed through it that truly matters rather than the views that we put out. For the Theravada Buddhist monk, Watching Hindu dancing could clash head-on with a religious precept which says you must refrain from going to entertainments of any kind. But when the venerable Sabano joined Brahma Kumaris as they opened a new retreat house and found such entertainment on offer, he realized the value of different expressions of a contemplative life which shares certain moral and spiritual ideals. They're a very new tradition. We're one of the oldest monastic traditions, 2,500 years old. We have a lot of strength that comes from that ancient tradition but they were reaching out very much to a very broad range of people that would never probably have anything to do with a, a buddhist monastery and yet one could see the same values were being voiced the same commitment was there as well as touching on the difficulties of living a celibate lifestyle and coping with restricted personal freedom and self-renunciation the conference spent some time considering ways in which the contemplative life might enrich the outside world. John Jones, who practices Drew Yoga, believes the two may not be as mutually exclusive as they might at first appear. I mentioned that uh, Al Gore, the Vice President of the United States, in the recent Earth Summit, said that if humankind is, is to survive into the second half of the next century, we must rediscover our sense of sacredness for all life. And I think the contemplatives have a special contribution to make here because they have the tools, the experience, to actually share this experience of sacredness and bring people in everyday life into that experience. And I, and I think that is actually vital. And so he's encouraged by the increase in people sampling the contemplative life, mainly at retreat centres, like Gaya House in Devon, founded by Christopher Titmus. Two and a half million people went on a, a three-day retreat somewhere in the United States last weekend. With the decline of Sunday morning church services as a general Western phenomena, what's replacing it is people saying, I need to get away and I need somewhere where I can get some genuine spiritual nourishment. And naturally enough, we want to encourage people to come and listen to teachings, to learn what meditation is and its practical use in daily life. Christopher Titmus ending Suzanne Evans's report. Yitzhak Rabin. <coughs> right. Um, what's the date? Fifteenth. Fifteenth. Um, this is. Uh, 
um, an interview um, conducted by Mark Chamberlain of Ashburton with Christopher Titmus on September the 15th, 1993. Okay. Right, um, what I'd like to do is just start with a few basics about yourself and sort of move on to why the things top mess. Please. Um, first thing, how long have you lived in the area? Um, I've been here about uh, 11 years yeah. and have lived um, in Dennis Road for that period of time in, yeah. in this house. Um, what brought you to Tottenham? Well, initi initially um, we had a small community house in Kent. There were 20 of us uh, there, but I felt that where we were, 50 miles from London, we were still in the shadow of London. I decided with my partner and our young baby to move to the West Country. I uh, drove through Totnes. I never heard of Totnes at that time mm -hmm. or anything about it. But I liked the feel of the place immediately. Mm. And I said to uh, Gwenwyn, um, let's move here. We didn't know anybody. And two other friends also at the same time moved down here yeah. uh, uh, as well. And that's how we found ourselves here. Uh at that stage 11 years ago, was there anything that you could pinpoint that you found um, attractive to the town? Um, there were two or three things. Um, um, one was that there was the Steiner School had started. Mm -hmm. It had about 20 pupils at that time. It now has 250. Mm -hmm. um, there was a women's bookshop later to be lost in a major fire on the mm -hmm. plains. Um, there was um, um, the Natural Health Centre. And so there's a feeling of something alternative. And then when we arrived here, I heard about Dartington and its progressive forms of education. Yeah. And, that, and that attracted you, did it? That, that was, yes. That was um, what you were looking for? As, um, I wanted to be in an environment where I felt there was the possibility for nourishment and growth and where I could possibly make some contribution as well. And there was that in the atmosphere yeah. in and around Totnes. Um, since you've been in Totnes mm. over the 11 years, have there been any, um, has, there, has there been a common theme to what, what people perceive as starting this sort of feeling within the area? Um, I, I think the very first spark has to be the Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore, that he um, started the school Shanti Nikatan, which is a creative cultural uh, school in Bengal, in the eastern part of India. He told his secretary, Leonard Elmhurst, mm -hmm. to go and start something up mm -hmm. in England. Mm -hmm. Tagore said he'd been to Torquay, this is the 1920s, mm -hmm. and said he liked Torquay. Find a place near Torquay. So through this channel, it ended up with um, buying Dartington and some of the pupils from Dartington stayed on mm. in the area mm. and, and I think that, that was the initial spark um, but it went from that and to s the emphasis went off Dartington eventually to Totnes and Dartington became included in the Totnes mm. environments in Totnes ambience and during the 1980s Totnes in leaps and bounds became a major focal point, not only in Britain but internationally. Has there been a divergence between Dartington and Totnes then? Do they now represent very different? I don't think they do. I, in terms of the lang general language which is used, one speaks of um, the alternative scene of Totnes. Mm. One would have to include in that recent developments at Dartington, such as the Schumacher College, yeah. Um, the arts, <coughs> the uh, alternatives in um, education, organic farming, and the whole sense of the estate. But one also has now the parallel equivalent on the southern side of Totnes with Sharpham, with its projects and its yeah. programs. So the, the town is bordered by these two huge yeah. estates, both with equal values. Yeah. Um, since living in the Totnes area, mm. 
Um, have you seen the town change particularly in any respect um, with regard to the, either the alternative scene, mm. as you put it, or the size of the town, the type of people in the town, the type of shop? I think it's changed um, um, dramatically. Yeah. Um, first of all, in the world of all the alternatives, which would have to be spirituality yeah. and its diversity, um, education, the kind of schools and attitude, um, health and healing. Yeah. When you think that there are 25 alternative practitioners, homeopaths and, and uh, uh, psychotherapists, etc., natural health centre, yeah. um, the various communities, the Let's Project, the alternative in e economics, um, the vegetarian uh, restaurants, and the Alexander Sex Technique School, on and on and on it goes. What the major change is that all of these alternatives have become integrated into the fabric of the town. Yes. It's part of the town. I, people often ask me, um, what kind of numbers are affected in the town? I think with Totnes specifically that most people in some way or other experience the influence of the alternative movement in the town. Yeah. Do you think there's, there's a, a, a line between assimilation and integration? If you become mm. assimilated, you adopt the characteristics, mm. whereas if you integrate, sort of, the alternative scene will perhaps filter out into the rest of Totnes, but there wouldn't necessarily be any conversion going on. Do you feel that though there's been some assimilation, that people in Totnes who at one time would perhaps be considered conventional mm. have adopted the ideas because <coughs> of the presence, because of the ambience? I, th I, think, I think the uh, um, assimilation um, certainly has taken place. That tends to uh, show itself and its acceptance from people using the resources. I think probably in healing mm. and medicine, alternative medicine is the most common ground there. I mean, some of the medical doctors, the MBDs, the physicians in the high street send their patients to the natural health centre, yeah. as an example. Yeah. So there's a, a, a lot of interflow, interlapping going on in that way. And I think also with the, um, the town that th there's a comfort that they're in an understanding the movement for alternative values is a very serious and thoughtful one. Mm. And, like myself, I live in a suburban street in Totnes, in a little terraced house, as my friends, in, with some amusement, describe me as mainstream alternative. And I think that's a fair enough description. But I think the important message that goes out in the alternative movement is that there is much more to life than simply producing and consuming, which is a value conventional straight society imposes. You know, you, you're here to produce and consume. And we say there's a lot more to that. Sometimes the establishment is unlike the church, mm. conventional church, is unable to provide mm. all of that nourishment. Therefore, there's this expansive awareness of, the, of spiritual life. Do you see Totnes as a centre which has attracted many people? Is it? Has there been? Well, I'm saying agree that there's perhaps some assimilation, <coughs> or do you feel that the alternative community here is predominantly one that's migrated into the town? because they've heard about it. Yeah, it, yeah. That, um, it's uh, essentially, as you point out, people have migrated here. I'm a migrant here. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a, a grockle no. <laughs> any anymore. Any I might have done when I first arrived, but I've been here for 11 years. I'm active in every level of the town. I've stood for the Green Party twice for South Hams for this constituency, and I'm very much concerned with the economic and spiritual welfare of the town. So what has happened is people come. I bet you on every train there's at least one person. I mean, it is that much coming into the town. Yeah. One only has to go to market on a Friday, look at the scene in the market. So it's become a buzzword. In the last year, I've traveled in four continents. I just got back from San Francisco last week. I was in, Austra I was in India in January. I was in Australia in um, October and uh, at least four or five trips to Europe. Wherever I go, I mention what we're doing in Totnes. I take with me leaflets and flyers and information. 
I tell people this and this and this is going on and people respond to that, they come. They come for trainings and get skill levels up in different things. They come just out of curiosity. They come to stay in communities. They come to see what an alternative movement, which is integrated into everyday life, is about. And there's a cutting on the wall there. That's from the um, Toronto Star, which is the Sunday newspaper for the, for the city. In, and the, the journalist interviewed me there right, with some amusement. Um, Totnes is described as um, the alternative capital of the world. And I think, well, its status has gone up a little bit, but I'm not going to dispute it. Yeah. Do you think that's a good thing? Um, I, I'm, I prefer alternative to um, uh, new age. Yeah. I think though um, I have tremendous support and sympathy for new age travellers, and their right to have environments. There are many such travellers living in and around Totnes, and, and I think their rights must be fully respected. What has happened as an outcome is that New Age travellers, New Age, the word New Age has got associated with travellers, and all the difficulties. So I think quietly the concept of New Age is being put to rest. And I think the good thing is that what is taking place here it has its flaky end, you know, I mean, it's definitely got a flaky end in Totnes and everybody knows it, but it's also got a deep social message that's going on. And so when you ask me, is it a good thing? Unequivocally, yes. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the sort of small is beautiful idea? Very much. Um, do you think Totnes is sort of the way forward as a working example of a small, fairly integrated, sustainable community working with... Um, was it the um, intermediate technology? Mm. That type of thing, like natural paints, um, places like the Conquer Shoe, Green Shoes, yeah. um, paperwork, recycled paper, green yeah. books. Do you think then this is sort of a demonstration to, to other towns that the way forward yes. of sustainability? Um, I, I um, do think that uh, Totnes is the most serious social experiment that is available anywhere. I, anywhere that I, in the four continents that I go to, that's why I stay. Yeah. And I am a small contributor to that mm. uh, as co-founder of Gaia House, co-founder of Sharpham Community, co-founder of the Barn Community, and as a, a green, very committed green person. So in my experience, what's taking place here is genuinely significant, yeah. yet and those things that you describe in terms of small business is a very important way, way forward. Re all of this has begun in the last decade. Mm. It really is a, since the early 80s phenomena. And, we are, and it's very, very early days. The metal of it in terms of economic practicalities and in terms of the integration and assimilation is going to take another decade before we really see. Is it just a buzz thing of the 80s and 90s, or is it really going to have staying power? That, that's, it's too early to form a judgment on that. Um, do you think there is staying power? Do you think there's I, 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 I think yes, for two reasons. Um, one is economic growth, which if it goes up like 2 or 3% per year is what the government always wants, it's going to you know, double the, the pressure, and it's unsustainable, the thinking of the present government. Um, the other is with um, the degree of sophisticated technology, it will mean, as we now have like 20 million unemployed in the European community, there's got to be alternatives. We have got to learn, in fact, to work le I think, work less in terms of hours and live on less. Yeah. And got to, you know, cut our cloth to suit the climate. And Totnes, with its sensing that there are other things in life besides working one's guts out all week and making money to more modesty in living, less expenditure, lowering the standard of living for those who are privileged to have a job yeah. so that life is more relaxed and affordable and yet creative in which the environment matters as much as our own personal life. Yeah. Um, do you think that the size of Thomas is important? Um, it's, it's, it is, um, in that it's 
to me it's manageable. In other words, when, say, I'm, um, let's give an example, in Marin County, it, which is in uh, the, California. yeah, California, in the Bay Area. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Uh, and in other other places as well, I mean, around the world, here and in Britain, in fact, um, there's something almost of kind of convenience. It, it, it's the movement can grow in such a way that for the population of Tutnes, which is about nine thousand, one might double it with the surrounding villages, uh, twenty-five thousand since the environment extends to Buckfastley and uh, Ashburton, yeah. and that it's all part of the environment of Totnes in a way, yeah. that one feels it's, there's an accessibility to it, and that we're not lost yeah. in like a big place, say, like, like Marine or North London or yeah. a big city. So that's the value. Mm. Um, do you think Totnes has influenced places like Ashburton and Buckfastley? Because I know there's the permaculture experiment in, in Buckfastley, yes. and... Um, Take the Wyndhams, for example, in Ashburton, the crystal therapy. Of course, yes. Sort of um, do you think they're perhaps as a result of Tottenham? I, I, I wouldn't like to put it like that, simply because <laughs> Caroline and other friends, you know, the friends in concern with... Uh, uh, um, I, I, it would centralise Totnes to me too much. Mm. And I turn to, tend to think of it in this area. Therefore, an equal relationship. In other words, what's going on in Ashburton and... Buckfastly um, is actively supporting the whole movement around here and that we're all in it together. Um, there are definitely, with Totnes being, I think for property, perhaps the most expensive place in uh, Devon, um, you know, there's a big demand to live in Totnes. I think initially there was an overspill, people moved to Ashburton and Buckfastly for economic reasons, yeah. but uh, it's just a general atmosphere in which we support each other. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned a few structures already in yeah. terms of a long-term mm. scheme. Do, are there any other key ones that you see as being relatively instrumental in fostering the development of this the feeling? Um, people have mentioned to me Arcturus and the role that they've played in providing the education. Arcturus is a very important focal point. Uh, it's the largest alternative bookshop in Devon. It provides not only a very typically Tottenesian laid-back atmosphere mm. when you go in the shop, um, but a good range of alternative books, and it's a very important feature of Totnes. I, I don't think there's a single thing in Totnes which s can summarize Totnes. Um, when my friend uh, Michelle returned, She'll give to you this flyer which I'm preparing, and that details a fair amount of things. I if and if I, if you think because you're doing so much research that there's anything which I could add to it, um, I'd be very very happy to, of course. Um, so it's a wide range of things, um, and. It'd be the value of it is it is hard to specify one or two central things. So there's a collective feel to the Exactly. Place. Very decentralised in the yeah. best green tradition, very eclectic, very open-minded, um, mm. and, um, and its strength is in its diversity. Yeah, like an ecosystem. Yeah, exactly, precisely. Yeah. Do, you, do you see the people here as having um, clear common goals, if you like? Um, do you I mean, obviously there are a number of key individuals like yourself, say Pat Kitto. Yes, she's um, been a very important person. set up the Let's Scheme um, yes. in the community centre. Um, do you think that they have a, a vision of the future? Or that they're, I mean, people, to use the terminology people have said, following their own life path mm. or um, life journey. Do you think that it's a case of everybody's come here to do their own thing? Mm. Um, that they're all following their own life journey, um, being open-minded... Um, more spiritual, or, or that there are sort of visions of the future which people are aiming towards. Yes, um, um, it, 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 of course it, it, it varies. Um, two things come, come to mind here. First one has to make a comparison with conventional society. Conventional society is such 
that there's a great deal of isolation and individualism. Families don't know their neighbours. Um, person may be having a difficult time in their personal life, has no real friends, nobody can really share with what's going on. So the, the community of Tutnes is endeavouring to provide support and depth that people can share what their emotional life is, their personal problems. Um, there's a whole network of friends and counsellors and insightful people as part of the community there. It's very in, you know, a very informal situation. My own home, um, you know, outwardly apart from the pictures on the walls, of course, <laughs> expressing my various interests, but uh, it's just a conventional home. What might make it a little different is it's also like a railway station. People come in the house, come and I come downstairs some days, and there's somebody sleeping on my in my front room, <laughs> and um, they've let themselves uh, in. They know. Uh, where the key is, and I just go, oh, hi, you know, etc. And it's that kind of informality, which I think is a part of community life. Um, the other is that people who come here may initially come here because they feel that they're going to be accepted. Mm. And there is an accepting mm. attitude. Even the local council mm. and the district council have had to learn mm. that there's a lot going on in Totnes, and they may not like they may prefer people who walk down the street with their dog to have a proper lead, and they may discriminate against those who use a piece of rope to take their <laughs> dog down the street, but still it's a dog and a person, yeah. and they've got to get used to the idea yeah. of that. Yeah. And the local newspaper may not like, or not those from newspaper to its credit, but the, um, the report in the local newspaper may not like people sitting on the pavement yeah. uh, in a, or at the Civic Square, particularly yeah. on a Friday and other days, playing their music and hanging out, etc. But it's a part of Totnes. Yes. And one's got to get used to the idea that, that it's a comfortable and accepting place for people to be, and we, and we provide that. Some people come to, to learn something, and I say to these people who come, wonderful you come, but for goodness sake, don't stay here. Yes. There is a certain cotton wool effect you know, it is nice and comfortable. When I hear people say, oh, I've got to go to London, I hate London, it's so dirty, smoky, all that intensity, people rushing around, etc. You know, to me, that person's getting small-minded. Yeah. And it, as I was speaking at a talk at, at Sharpham last night, people also have to get out of Totnes. Yeah. What I want people to do is to come to Totnes, learn about community, learn about sharing, learn about a value system available, get some skills, and then go back to their town, their yeah. city. Spread their, the word. And spread, yeah, not of Totnes, no. but of, of their wisdom yeah. and what they've learnt and applied those skills in other communities. Yeah. And Totnes is a focal point. But some say, oh God, it's so, well, I can't, well, who am I to speak <laughs> here? Can arrive in Totnes and say, home. Yeah. This is the place, and many people have said, this is the place I've been looking for my whole life. Yeah. There obviously are frictions within the system. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to know if you want to <laughs> specify them for you. There are bridging points, like the community centre, which are obviously very accessible. Like yeah. Materials, which are very accessible. You can take it away back to your own home, read it in mm. your own front room, um, sort of discover it that way. Um, what I was going to ask you about was the carnival this year, the community carnival. Yes. And the involvement of the church there as well. Yeah. Um, do you see that as a very important function in sort of making um, the alternative scene, which to some uh, to some presumably are scared of it because of um, ignorance or that they're not mm. educated or they, it's a fear of the unknown. Mm. Do you think community carnivals, that type of thing, are important? I think they're absolutely vitally important. Yeah. As you know, the, uh, I think the Round Table had been running the carnival for years and done a, um, a terrific job. I would always go to the, the carnival, my, my daughter, and watch the, the carnival queen or queens coming, coming down. And, and the whole scene and the whole town, for the most part, would pour out to the carnival. I think because of financial reasons, the round table decided not to do it. So, you know, friends, the alternative scene took it over, ran it on a shoestring from a little office above the uh, second-hand clothes shop. Yeah. And I thought, did a, remarka a remarkable job. 
And even though eyebrows were raised when the initial intention was to drop the Carnival Queen, how can you drop the Carnival Queen? Because of the usual yeah. glorification of you know, woman in the saddest. And then you got this brilliant idea, Carnival Queen, Carnival King, Carnival Prince, Carnival Princess, Carnival Queen Mother, Queen Father. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. Carnival Royal Family. Yeah, it's a Carnival Royal Family. Yeah. And, uh, and it just broke the old mold. Yeah. Plus, the introduction of a diversity, yeah. which, um, you know, all the new age kind of uh, entertainments yes. taking place. And it's, it's tough less. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was terrific. And like the so healing tents as well. Yeah, oh, you know, the healing tents and the, the poetry and the song and dance yeah. acts and the eccentricity of dress that people yeah. wear in Totnes. It's uh, a reflection of, of, of the town. Yeah. And though sometimes the more conservative local councillors and conservative more local business community may you know, just uh, take a rather aloof position, nevertheless, mm. the economic significance, mm. if we take the Steiner School as an example, a tenfold increase in pupils is a tenfold increase in adults. Yeah and uh, maybe 20-fold, mother and father, whatever. And that all it br brings its own influence to Tartanesque. Mm. Um, oh, um, obviously, I mean, as some people have described it, there's been like a greening of Tartanesque. Yes. Other people's words, not mine. Um, do you think this is set to continue? That um, and then Anthony Steen had a New Age Day a little while ago. Yes. I don't know if it was just. I was. I was. I. I go on. Sorry, I Matt. Say, do, do you think this is set to continue? I know that there are doctors who refer patients for homeopathy. That the church is certainly very open-minded in Totnes, indeed, far more than other places. They mm. have. There's some Christmas lectures coming up. Um, that the church do, and they they're doing guided meditation. Um, and there's, in fact, the Reverend Burdener, who's fairly local, is doing a degree in New Age, in the New Age at Exeter University. Is that right? Yeah, he's doing a degree in the New Age movement. So, if you could um, give me his name and phone number, yeah, I'll give him a ring. Yeah. I'll, um, delighted. Yeah. Um, do you think that's set to continue, that like, the, the more conventional institutions and structures in the town, mm -hmm. like, say, just like three cooks, say, for the bakery, who, or another, another bakeries and shops are, having to stock or finding it um, beneficial to stock, I don't know, um, whole flour mm. products, vegetarian foods, mm. that this is sort of set to continue, uh, a greening, if you like, yes. Um I think it's um, not only set to continue, but even going into our local supermarket, into Gateways, uh, I have noticed that the... Uh, greening of the supermarkets is gradually but significantly taking place in terms of vegetarian mm. diet. Um, with regard to the local member of parliament, um, one of the mothers, the background to this is one of the mothers wrote to him, met with him and speaking about Steiner School, he then said to her, look why don't you have organized for me a whole day of looking at the alternative Totnes, New Age Totnes. And he started at 8.30 in the morning. I and some others had breakfast with him at this woman's home <coughs> in Dartington. And then he went to different places. Then, w then we had lunch together. Mm. Um, Anthony um, and I have been, you know, because of the political campaigns, mm. I've got to know each other. I've re regularly sent him um, propaganda, scene, etc., etc., and also my books and mm. stuff. And then I went up to, um, he invited me up to Parliament and I met with him again there and with um, Patrick Nichols, who's the Tambridge M Member of Parliament and we discussed the New Age scene, New Age travellers, uh, alternative uh, Totnes and also the general sense of Devon itself in fact. Anthony suggested that I contact and put the information out to all the MPs in the West Country. He's the chairperson for West Conservative West Country MPs. To let them know. He said he didn't want to say just Totnes because it would sound like a little, you know, conceited, you know, in my constituency. But in a more general way, because there is a general attraction to the West Country. 
And I said I would do that. Um, I'm just finishing this leaflet, which you'll get a copy of, early draft. And within the next few weeks, I'll ensure that that goes to all the, uh, yeah. the MPs. Mm. So in, um, you asked me whether it was a publicity stunt on Anthony Steen's part. The tendency with politicians is to want to please. Yes. You know, that, that, that's the, one of the main reasons for their existence. Yeah. He knows full well the <laughs> Conservative Party yeah. ain't going to get votes in, in the alternative scene. I talked with him. He brought his wife as well, who's a child psychologist. And I would say from my observation, and I'm very much sure with MPs particularly, that it, it is a genuine and authentic interest by Anthony Steed. It's, it's trans-political. He's curious about it. He sees that it's success, and he sees what impresses him, that it's economically viable. Whether it's organic farming, or whether it's healing, whether it's the economic trading system that we have, um, whether it's the small businesses in paint and in paper, and all of that. He sees it's working. He's got to take notice. Not literally, but like a democracy in action, where the views of the people are being represented by their MPs. Yeah, yeah. So in in that respect, um, he, he is yeah. Um, what I like about him, I mean, many things, of course, you know, just his policies are kind of stomach. But nevertheless, what I like about is the, the genuineness of the interest, the promptness of his replies, mm. and he will take up cases and causes. Mm. Now, he's a good local. MP. It's just a pity that the politics are so appalling. Yeah. Um, assuming the, the, the population of Tottenham is able to, to hover around the 9,000 mark, yeah. which is that, um, obviously there are still therapists who are being attracted to the town. Yeah. Um, there's the Tottenham Healthiest Shop, and there's Green Life, which isn't that old. Sack has obviously been going for quite a while, the Brioche, the yeah. Vegetarian Restaurant. Yeah. Do you think there's a sort of a carrying capacity to this lot where? Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a capacity where you're going to get to a point where Totnes cannot support any more of these sort of institutions. These um, yeah, is there a threshold? Yeah. Mm. Or one yes. person suggested that there was perhaps like a, a wash of people who flow in, like you said, and flow out again. Um, uh, there, 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 there is. There are people who flow in and flow out. It's around the year flow. It's not a, just a, a summer flow. Um, I don't think there is a threshold, and the reason is that the potency of what's taking place mm -hmm. is such that many people are using the resources. Yeah. You go into the shops these days, and you get, you know, retired people with uh, wearing a tie uh, or an elderly lady carrying a handbag in sex, mm. you know, mm -hmm. buying. Mm. So it's. It, it, it's spreading out because mm. the public recognise that things like diet and health, mm. that junk food isn't isn't the answer. So, I th and what one does see in Totnes is that the shops, which have the fastest turnover, mean where the least they're selling them. Nearly all those that are trying to cater for the tourist industry, mm. and they can't survive on a 12 months a year. Mm. But those places that you mentioned, mm. in fact, have have a track record to them mm. of continuity in Totnes. Mm. Um, is there anything you want to add about the town? Um, its uniqueness, uh, its role in the future? Yeah. Um, those things which I mentioned to you earlier in the interview, yeah. that the small is beautiful thread and theme, mm. yet acknowledging that large isn't so bad either, mm. insofar as it's growing and, exp mm. and, uh, and expanding. and Nothing specifically. Of course, one would like to see the local government have, a, have a, a, a greater understanding about what's taking place here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I do think, you know, on a small syndrome here, that like, the Safeways, new Safeways huge supermarket was a huge error of judgment by the local government mm. because it will have enormous pressure on our environment, roads especially. Mm. It, will it will take away from Totnes High Street. It will put extra pressure under small businesses, people 
do more and more shopping for everything in that mm. one supermarket, etc., uh, etc. Et I do think there needs to be more affordable homes for uh, people. So there's a lot at th on that side of things which need to be done. Um, for young people in this town, um, as I commented in a, in, a, in a talk for the Green Party recently, there's more life going on in the graveyard of St. Mary's Church and the High Street in the middle of the night than there is for the available for the young. Mm. And neither our MP nor anybody really has done anything really to address mm. that. So my daughter who attends Kevick's, you know, her friends who are 15, 16, 17 years of age, they say, Totnes, whoa, boring old place. Well, it is for them. Yeah. They can, all they can do is literally hang out on the high street. Mm. And something community-wise for, for the teenagers of the town needs mm. to be offered. Do you think that it is one giant community or that there are separate communities? Or? Well, it's, um, the, 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 the wish is that it's one large community, obviously. Um, I think the actuality is it's, it's, it's diverse, but it does have, an for a small town, an unusually strong community sense. Mm. I have been at meetings where there's been some protest. Mm. Building that road, mm. moving a post office to the gateways, mm. Safeways, mm. Safeways uh, itself, um, Ring Road, um, the, the, the uh, building on the edge of the River Dart, etc., etc. Gone to those meetings, in the Civic Hall, they have been packed, standing room only. They've had the, we, as a town, mm. have had the council there mm. and uh, grilled them. Um, j j when we had, we organized a meeting with regard to the Gulf War, when, just as it was starting, and we got various speakers to act as a protest about it. It was packed mm. in, that, in that hall. In, in other words, the community sense for the community and for the international community is very, 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 very strong here. And the churches have been terrific. The Quakers, of course, are always marvellous. The Buddhists locally are marvellous. And, and there are those qualities of commitment and public concern which is marvellous here. Um, just finally, we talked earlier on about um, the sort of California Marin counties and yes. things like that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Spilling the Beans book. Which I know, yes, I know the book. Which um, sort of yes. typified the sort of Ashburton Totnes triangle. Uh, triangle. Buckley Triangle has been the sort of veritable Marin County of England. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that still holds true? Um, that book was written in 84, 85. Mm. Um, I have been in Marin County every year for the past 12 years. I teach in Marin County, I move in the circles of alternative in Marin County. Um, I don't really um, uh, agree with the analogy of Marin, and partly, although there's a lot of exploration going on Mar on Marin, there's also um, a lot of um, um, privilege. It's extremely affluent, and people who are economically successful take on and explore alternative things. The, 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 I think Marin has to learn from Totnes, yeah. and I say that not out of any um, particular bias because I love Marin County yeah. but I think what we're offering here is a way of life which is viable in and sustainable. Mm. Marin lifestyle isn't sustainable. Mm. It's a very privileged social economic climate there. Here we're saying we can live with some modesty mm. and that instead of thinking oh what is better in life is to have a bigger house you know, a bigger garden, yeah. or etc. Say, so look, in my case, I'm very lucky. I have a little terraced house, a couple of bedrooms upstairs, and a couple of rooms downstairs, and a, a garden not much bigger than my 13 by 12 foot living room. Uh, and, and it's fine and wonderful. Mm. And it's fine and wonderful because there are other things in life than having more. Mm. And I think Marin hasn't learned that. Mm. It is, it's, not in that it's not in the same league for... Uh, uh, practical, down-to-earth mm. living style. Is there a common structure sort of to the to the people who characterise the, the alternative scene in Totnes? Are they? I mean, one woman said that alternative movement is undoubtedly middle class. 
she she was quite sceptical about the. Uh, she called it a movement. She she, she was quite sceptical about the people, and she said she thought it was very much to do with the educated middle classes, people from teaching nursing professions. Um, it's a very. Uh, I I would beg to disagree. Mm. I would beg to disagree. Is that I think it's unusually classless. Mm. Um, would she refer to? Um, new Age travellers living down on the steamer quay as being middle class. Um, they are decidedly part of an alternative m movement, regardless of the uh, condemnation of the media and the middle classes. And this horrendous syndrome in this country of, um, you know, not in my backyard, you know, in the Libby system. Um, at the other end, of, we might say, of the social scale, would have to be Morris Ash, who you plan to see, who is uh, the owner of a 650-acre estate and a huge Palladian house. He is definitely part of a movement towards social, spiritual, economic change. So to actually want to typify them into class A or B or whatever um, simply doesn't reflect the sheer diversity. And I think many of us, including myself, um, object thoroughly to being put into a middle-class category. And in fact, my upbringing is um, council house, working class, mm -hmm. left school at the age of 15, mm -hmm. and um, n never moved in those circles in my life. And that's perhaps why it works so well in Totnes, because there are now obvious social class divides. Exactly. You can't, you can't, it just is, it, it, it just doesn't f fit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's no predominance of any group. That, that, that's, that's its uh, strength. And if one was to make a criticism, mm -hmm. in the, in the, what one might say is that um, um, it's mostly white skin. Yes. But one can't blame us for that. No. Um, it's, uh, and I do think it's important to have a, an international sense. And there are very few people um, with non-white skin. There's plenty of, it's the international, Americans, Canadians, New Zealanders, European communities, etc. Some of our communities have a, as many foreigners yeah. in it as, as, as the English people, but, uh, but it's classless. Yeah. Um, do you think that the, um, from, from my interviews, I've um, there's a lot of antagonism towards the New Age travellers. Yeah. And, and a questionnaire that I've put out. Um, in question? A questionnaire. I've actually yes, yes. Questionnaire. Mm, go on, sorry. Um, I found that people wish to distinguish between alternative and new age movement and your new age travellers. Do you mm. think that's a fair distinction? Because people have said to me that they thought that the the new age travellers, one were well, the same the same woman I talked to said that they were going they were the fly in the ointment of the alternative scene oh. that they would tar the alternative scene because people didn't see them as related that they saw new age travellers and then this sort of more acceptable alternative scene. Um, I, 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 again, you know, we all of us, and the, and the good woman that spoke is entitled to her, her, to her views. Um, I am an ardent supporter of travellers, mm. and I'm um, on, on two or three different reasons. And I've also, of course, mm. have met and talked with plenty of them. The reason that I um, am a supporter of them is, um, firstly, I think the right to their lifestyle caravan lifestyle on the road is their right. Mm. It's not for us to can judge or condemn. Mm. It's their right to, in terms of uh, how they choose to live and the way they choose to educate their children. I think we have a duty to, um, in to ensure that they feel comfortable and included. Mm. I think I have no wish to protect the alternative movement from the New Age mm. travellers. Um, of course, I feel sorry uh, that at times New Age travellers have got into violent confrontation with the police. Yeah. I feel sorry at times for uh, some of the New Age travellers who have taken and adopted a very aggressive standpoint towards mm. authority. Mm. Um, I think that tends to jeopardise their own case a great deal. Um, I make a laugh, I literally laugh, when I run by the, the, where the New Age travellers are, steamers key and see that the council have put up a poster there in, uh, which says that the uh, New Age travellers, they're parked there, are stopping um, development and from people getting jobs. You know, if, if damn it, if the, if 
South Hampton District Council can't provide jobs because of a handful of caravans. Mm. It's a pathetic comment in mm. South Hampton District Council. So um, I think what is happening is that there has to be a pecking order in society mm. um, by the establishment. And the establishment have chosen New Age Travellers. The fact that they get mentioned at Tory party conferences and get a huge cheer from the Tory party faithful, um, the, um, as one Tory MP says, we had said to me, but said Christopher, this is another Parliament, he said Christopher, we are Tory MPs, we have to look after our blue rinse ladies, you know. <laughs> and uh, I am very keen f and to ensure that we take care mm. of our uh, uh, concern for our travellers. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to get marginalised and, and I want the New Age movement or the alternative movement to solidly back them up. Very, very, very important. I, I, I will have nothing to do with any kind of wedge to protect the alternative movement. If it doesn't look after and care for our brothers and sisters or our travellers, then I will absolutely disassociate myself from the alternative movement. Okay. I think that's a lot. All right, then. Thank you very much. Uh, no, thank you for yeah. your time. And we begin to believe about ourselves that we're only good and we're only true and we're only worthwhile if we succeed in getting what we want. And I think when we look at that and question that and have doubt about the desire, suffering and living in that way, I think it's a, an incredibly radical message. <laughs>